Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast, Just Winging It. My name is Jessie Renee Winter, and this is a podcast about how I have just been winging it through life. Okay, so welcome back to my podcast. I feel like it's been so long since I've recorded a podcast. It's literally been like a week and a half, but for me, it feels like it's been for ages. I must apologize as well. I did say that I would get an episode to you guys every Tuesday. I don't know if I actually like publicly said that ever, but that was like my goal in my head. So yeah, sorry. Um, so this podcast is a week late because last week I went to Tasmania and I visited my family. I had a great um, time in Tassie actually. So refreshing. I friggin' love Tasmania. Like if you are ever thinking about going to Tasmania, do it. Like just get down there. So nice to be outside. So nice to have the beach to yourself and just like the peace and serenity of it. And then not to mention the fact that I can see my family. Like I love spending time with my family. So in my last podcast episode, I discussed the Love Island application process and I was going to go into the audition process as well. But um, my stupid podcast cut off halfway. That's probably my own fault because I literally got carried away when I was talking and I for- I didn't even realize that the podcast, for some reason, the recording had stopped. So I decided I would have to split this into two episodes. So I kicked off from speaking about the questionnaire that Love Island um, producers asked us to fill in. I talked through some of the answers I did back then. If you do listen to that podcast, please just keep in mind that I was applying for a reality television show. It was a year and a half ago and the answers in there were a little bit exaggerated. Like I feel like I read back over it and I'm like, oh wow, like, you know, that's a bit dramatic. But at the same time, it's like, we are applying for reality TV. Like I'm not going to put a boring answer. So today in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about the second half of um, the application and audition process. So if you missed out on the first episode of this one, obviously go back and listen to it. Um, if not, just enjoy from here onwards. I might just really quickly recap what I went through in the last episode. So pretty much we did the Love Island application. I applied online because I saw the advertisement come up in my newsfeed. So I just applied. I did the questionnaire really rushed, really quick. I typed the way I would speak and I uploaded photos with no filter. Then from there on, I got an email back asking me to send a video. The video asked me to answer a few questions, which I sent off and uh, didn't hear back for a little while. Then a few months later, I received a email asking me to complete a questionnaire, which I did. I speak about the questionnaire in my previous podcast episode. And from then on, that's when I'm about to start. (laughs) Okay. So from after I completed the questionnaire that they asked me to send off, I am pretty sure the next step was I got invited for an audition. So the audition was in Sydney and I lived in Tasmania. So they did have auditions throughout various States of Australia, but I chose to go to the Sydney one because my nan lives in Sydney and I traveled to Sydney anyways. And I really wanted to take this opportunity. So I told them I'd just fly to Sydney and come to the Sydney audition. So I flew to Sydney and the audition was at Fox Studio in Sydney. And what they did was ensured that all of our audition times were spaced out so that none of the people going to the audition could actually see or meet anyone. So 
the audition day, I think they did it over a few days in each state. Um, we didn't get to meet anyone, any of the other people that were um, applying because that would like ruin the purpose of the show. We weren't allowed to know, the cast weren't allowed to know any of the other cast. Uh, so on the first day when we got in there, we were surprised. So that day we got dropped off at the gate. Sorry, I'm like stuttering there. So we got dropped off at the gate at Fox Studios and then a little chauffeur came and took us to the room where we were auditioned. So we got popped in a little room and we were given a sheet. So I just had to wait in this room while I waited for my audition. It was a three-step process. So the first step I went in and had like a sitting down audition where I spoke to this lady. They like asked you questions. It was like an interview. And in the interview, they did ask like some pretty intense questions like, um, you know, who's been in your DMs? They asked what you're like as a partner. She asked if I'd slept around, um, all of which I answered just like the way I would in standard life. I was quite confident and, um, yeah, I was pretty honest in the interview. So after that, I noticed she wrote something on the piece of paper after I did that little bit of an interview. I was then escorted back to the room that I was waiting in and I was trying to like decrypt what she'd written on the back of the piece of paper because she like, we get, we got the piece of paper given back to us. So it had like a C and then a circle. And I was like, what the hell does this mean in like stage terms? So I was sitting on my phone, like Googling it. Cause I was like, does this mean I've passed to the next process or am I, you know, is it a fail? Like, I don't know. So from then on, I got taken in for a little photo shoot. So we had to have our bikinis ready as well. So for the audition, we were asked to wear like beachwear and as well pack like bathers. I actually got quite dressed up because, um, you know, I'm just extra. So I just got dressed up. I wore this like green dress and a pair of heels and I packed my bathers as well. So then we went in and we got a photo taken in our bathers, which was quite daunting because like I'd just been questioned by this chick. Next minute I'm sitting there, standing there in my bathers, getting some photos taken. So yeah, that was scary. I, w- I will admit I was quite intimidated. After that little photo shoot thingy, I then went on to another interview. Uh, this one though was in front of a camera. Now, keep in mind, this is all in the one day, like this, all these little auditions and this photo shoot were all crammed into the one day. So, and in between all of this, we had to go back into this random little room. It like, it literally, (laughs) the room was like plain and just had like a black couch on it. Uh, Very seedy, reminded me of, um, I don't know if you know the description of a plain room and a black couch. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. So, uh, (laughs) So yeah, we had to sit in this room in the interim and then I went in to the camera audition and I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Like I'd gotten, it felt like I was getting through all these levels. So on the camera audition, uh, it was literally just like this screen and then you sat in front of like this little camera and we had two producers in the room. So I then got, I soon got to know the producers really well because they obviously casted me and the whole casting process, etc. But this was the first time I'd ever met them. So the producers were absolutely lovely. However, I was really nervous. I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't know what to say. And I just had these people like looking at me, asking me questions. And 
it took a little bit for me to get comfortable. So the producer, first of all, asked me a few questions. And I remember I was like sitting on this chair and I couldn't stop looking at the camera. And I said to the producer, I was like, do you want me to look at you or the camera? Like, who am I talking to here? And she was like, oh, just talk to whoever, talk wherever, just be yourself. And I just couldn't stop staring down the eyes of this bloody camera. And I was being so awkward and just like so not impressing them, to be honest. And then about halfway through like the second question, I felt embarrassed for myself and it just like hit me in my head. I was like, oh my God, you're being so awkward. (laughs) This is kind of a fail. And like this thing just clicked inside to me. And I literally said to the producer, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not being myself. The camera's really putting me off. Can I just start this again? And she was like, sure, sure. Like whatever you like. I was like, okay, cool. Because like, I just can't deal with that camera. And then I just started like motor mouthing. Like I do, like I just didn't shut up. And I was just starting to have a really general conversation instead of it being more interview style. So I was starting to like really just chat to the producers and there was actually a producer behind the camera and then another producer sitting on a seat. And I kind of was like chatting to her. She was like this older lady. She had a real good vibe and she was kind of like egging me on. So they started asking me questions about my dating life, but in a really casual way. And like from then on in, I just like really opened up. I felt myself and I started telling them all like these sex stories. I started telling them about all my nights out. I just started being like really, really comfortable and really confident. And I feel like I saw like one of the producers eyes light up. They were like, oh my God, this girl is weird. Like this girl is a weird bitch. And yeah, from then on, I was like, I was just off. Like I was just telling them everything. I was an open book. So I actually left my Love Island audition feeling really, really comfortable and confident. So I was like, I literally enjoy, even if I didn't get onto the show, I genuinely enjoyed sitting in that room, talking to the producers, telling them about my bad dating stories. Oh my God. (laughs) One of the stories I told them was like so hectic. I sometimes think back, I'm like, why the hell am I so extra? Like if you give me an inch, I will take a mile. I will literally talk your ear off. I will over talk. And that's exactly what I did in the camera auditions. Like I literally even remember at one point, I'm pretty sure I like got up and started like showing them my dance moves. Oh my God, I'm such a bloody weirdo. No wonder I got casted to a reality TV show. I'm actually so weird. (laughs) After the full audition was done, I was taken back to my seedy little black room, which like, honestly, it kind of creeped me out. (laughs) Uh, And then we were given a piece of paper. So the piece of paper kind of told us what to expect if we were casted. So I remember that date in my head so clearly because the next month was so intense. Like I remember like going to work. I was like, oh my God, if I get casted, I'm going to have to quit my job. And I had a whole week, a whole, sorry, a whole month to wait and find out whether I got on or not. Like it's like a whole month to find out whether my life is going to change or not. So I, that was, yeah. So we got that, given that piece of paper and then we left. Now it's actually really funny. Me, Cartier and Cassie all went to the same audition in Sydney. So we were all in the building at the same time and we didn't even know it at the same time at the time. They I'm pretty sure they casted for a few days, but they like Cassie, Cartier and I, three of the girls from the villa and the starting crew were all in the building at the same time. And 
The way I know this is because, so on the cast, on the audition day, as I said, we were escorted and um, separated into rooms so none of us could meet each other. However, first of all, I speak really loud. So I feel like when I was in the hallway, um, they could hear me like laughing and talking because that's just like how I talk. I swear to God, I'm deaf. Like, why do I talk so loud? Um, and I was, so I was out in the hallway and like Cartier, I didn't know it was Cartier. There was this girl, right? And she was in the audition room and they opened the door and I could hear her say, oh, I'm just going to eat my pizza. And then I was like, in the hallway, I was like, oh my God, did you bring pizza to your audition? And this girl that I'd never met before and I couldn't see who she was. She was like, she's like, oh my gosh, yes, my dad packed it for me. And I literally, we were having this conversation through the walls. And I was like, oh my God, that is goals. I was like, I love you for that. And then we got told to like stop talking because we weren't allowed to engage with each other. Um, so how weird is that? We were both in the same, like in the same room at the same time, but we didn't know how close we were going to become in the track, down the track. So when we were in the villa, we were, we always spoke about the audition process and the casting process because along the whole way, we couldn't speak about it with anyone because it had to remain a secret. So when we were in the villa, that was like the only common ground we had, especially on the first few days. So we just like spoke about the casting process so much. Obviously, they didn't air that because that's really boring for the air people to watch. But um, in the downtime in the villa, we spoke about that all the time. So that's when we uncovered that we were all in the same building because Cassie then said she actually heard us having that conversation. How funny is that? As well, Cartier told me that um, – one of the other people like mentioned how there's this really short little blonde girl um, and Cartier remember, like, remembered them describing me. And so how funny is that? Like I just can't get over that. <laughs> like we literally had a conversation and we got along before we'd even seen or met each other. So on the way out of the audition after that, we got escorted out and I actually remember passing this girl who was on her way in for the audition and I was like all dressed up. I was wearing like this blue dress and heels. I had my hair curled and this girl was like wearing like, you know, there's like, it's like trendy track pants and then she had like a strapless top and, uh, you know, like those Nike those white Nike platform shoes. She was wearing that. So she looked quite casual and just had her hair in a bun. And I remember she literally deaf stared me. Like she stared me up and down on the way in, gave me the biggest dirties, intimidated the hell out of me just as I was coming out of my audition. And that's when I started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have, if I got onto Love Island, I'm going to have to be in there with like scary people. <laughs> and like, it just like gave me shivers. So after the big audition day, I pretty much stayed with my nan for a few days and then flew back to Tassie. So it was easy for me to like hide the fact that I'd been auditioning for a reality TV show. A, because like, you know, who actually goes to Sydney for an audition for reality TV show? <laughs> I'm sure no one was thinking that. And B, I always flew to Sydney to like visit my nan. So I just like told my friends, I was like, yeah, I feel like going to visit my nan. So I went over, visited my nan and did the audition and then came back to Tassie. I continued working. I was working as a waitress at the time. So my work was really flexible with everything. My friends were getting a little bit frustrated because I just previously spent a lot of time in Melbourne 
uh, and Bali for Miss Universe Australia. So I literally had kind of like barely been in Tassie anyways. And um, even my work were kind of like, can't stop going to Sydney, stop zooming everywhere, um, calm down and either come to work or, you know, like get going. And um, yeah, so I came back to Tassie and worked pretty much for a month flat out. Like I was just flat chat working and I was quite, I was kind of like nervous. I really wanted to know if I'd got onto the reality TV show. But at the same time, I was trying not to get too excited because I didn't want myself to get disappointed if I didn't. So like I'd, uh, throughout the day, I'd get this thought of like, oh my God, imagine if you get onto Love Island. And then I would try calm myself down and be like, oh my God, just like, don't think about it. Don't put pressure on yourself because I don't want to be disappointed if I don't get on. And then on the other side as well, I did have like a not lot of nerves. So I was like, what if I do get on the reality TV show? Is it going to change my life? Are people going to hate me? Am I going to be pretty enough? Am I going to be funny enough? Am I going to be voted off in the first episode? That was a massive question that was constantly through my head. I was like, what if I get onto this reality TV show and absolutely get humiliated, say five words, and then I'm booted off and back to Australia and I'm really embarrassed. So I am an overthinker as it is. And I was definitely thinking about all the negatives and positives and um, whether I actually wanted to, if I got on, if I actually wanted to go on. And there were a lot of times where I told myself like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, even before the audition, I I did tell my sister that I was going to go to an audition. I later then, I then backtracked on it and I was like, no, I'm not going to go. But when I told her, um, it was because I was freaking out and I was like, okay, I've got an audition for a TV show. I can't tell you what it is, but I don't think I want to go because like, I just don't feel like I'm up to it. And she was really cool and calm and collected. And she was like, dude, like opportunity like this, if you want it, go get it. If you don't, and you want it later in life, like you're the type of person that can go get what you want. So don't stress, hun. And she really calmed me down. And I ended up deciding to obviously go to the audition. But in that month between the audition and finding out whether I'd actually made it on or not, I was, it was really intense. And I feel like the longer I didn't know, the longer I was deciding whether I wanted this or not. Um, yeah, I'm definitely an overthinker though. So uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of stressful, but kind of not. It was like stress, nerves, excitement, and I guess the unknown. I definitely feel as though the nerves and the excitement and the emotions behind going on reality TV show are seriously underestimated. Like I feel as though when I got off Love Island and like people say to me all the time, like, oh, you're so lucky you got to go on Love Island, you know, you've got the best luck, da la la. I'm like, bitch, luck? Lucky? Hun, I had to get out of my comfort zone. I had to like, mentally, I had to work hard to do that. Like that was, it was hard. It was bloody hard and it was so scary. And it was really like, it wasn't just, I didn't just go on reality TV show. There was like a huge thought process behind it. And there were so many times in my head, I was like, no, you can't do it. That's too embarrassing. That's too difficult. That's way too out of your comfort zone. But I had to overcome all those thoughts. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but like for me, yeah, that, that's a lot having to come overcome all those little thoughts in your head. Because at the end of the day, when whenever a negative thought comes into your head, the easiest thing is to avoid the negative situation in real life. Like, you just let it become a negative thought and then you don't go through with it. 
but this I had to overcome because I was like, "Hun, you're not going to get this exam. You're not going to get this um, opportunity in your life again. So like you have to overcome this or you'll probably sit twiddling your thumbs wondering what life would have been like if you didn't do it. But for me, like the thought process and like it was stressful. It was actually really stressful. And even coming off was like a big shock to me. And like I definitely – I don't want to sound ungrateful. It was an amazing experience. I had so much fun, but if anyone would have asked me how it was, I wouldn't say easy. Like it's not easy exposing yourself to the world. Like <laughs> when you're on Instagram and your social media, you can expose your best sides and you can control what people see and think of you. When you go on reality TV shows like, bitch, here I am, this is me. The whole world gets to see you for what you are. And, um, you don't necessarily have control over, you know, how you're going to be conveyed or any of that type of thing. So I definitely would have said like, yeah, it was actually really nerve nerve wracking. And that month in between, I'm not the type of person that would just go into something and not think about it. I definitely overanalyzed and I thought about every single negative (laughs) that Love Island could have brought to my life, but at the end of the day, I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, you're not happy with your life right now you might as well go do something new because even if you go on reality television and the world hates you, you already hate yourself anyway. So like what's there to lose? Like I literally was just like working in hospitality after I'd come back from living in Melbourne, living my dream life. I'd come back to living with my parents. I was working in hospitality and I literally was pretty useless. Like my brain just was not at full capacity. So I was like, you know what, just go do something, get out of your comfort zone and actually go do it. So August 16th came around the big date, the date I had been waiting over a month for, and I didn't receive anything. Like I'd been waiting for so long for this day, for this outcome. And yeah, no, didn't receive an email. So I was literally like refreshing my emails every two seconds. I was like, oh my God, I don't even care if I don't get on. I just want to know because I am literally the type of person that likes to plan everything out. Honestly, I need like as much notice. I literally plan everything. Like I pre-pack my food the night before I go to bed. I plan the socks I'm going to wear. I plan what color underwear I'm going to wear. Like I like to have everything planned out. And if I don't have it planned out, I actually start to freak out and panic. And yeah, so I was like trying not to panic because I was like, well, you know, if you don't get on, life just continues as normal. So yeah, but I still really, really wanted to know. So I got to, and obviously the excitement behind it, like I'm acting like I was, I was really stressed about it, but at the same time I was so excited and I was like, you know, I really, I did want to get on, but I was, then I would like, every time I got excited, I'd bring myself down by thinking of a negative and I try to make sure I stayed level headed. Um, but yeah, when, when August 16th came around and I hadn't had an answer, I was like, no bloody way. (laughs) Just wanted to pull my hair out. Like seriously, just let me know this process had been carrying on for months. So, um, yeah. So what I actually did was like, I, I'm pretty sure this was, I remember doing it. I felt so needy. I actually like emailed the producer. I like hassled her. And I can't remember what I said, but it was something like, 
oh, like I just need to know because um, I'm going like away or something. I can't even remember what it was. I think I said something about annual leave. I was like, look, I don't mind if I didn't get on, but like I just need to know because otherwise um, I won't be able to do it, rah, rah, rah. And just like made some like foamy excuse as to like, I was just trying to hurry her. I honestly just wanted her to reply. And then she responded and said, sorry, in the way, like something's changed. Um, We'll get back to you. And I was like, oh my God. <sighs> I think it was like a few days before they got back to me. And um, then I think I didn't, then they called me um, a few days later and they asked for some more details that I left out of my application. <sighs> Which I was really frustrated with because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> When they called, I thought they would, you know, have the answer, but they asked for more details. And then I think later that day, I remember this part so well. I was at work. I was having a shitty day. I literally remember I was filling up an ice bucket with my big Doc Martens on and my big old apron, my my much beloved apron. And I was wearing about four layers. I used to wear so many layers to work because I got so cold um yeah and I was filling up a huge ice bucket and I always used to look at myself at work and I was like you are so ugly (laughs) you are so unfashionable and it just made me feel so shitty because I looked I literally look like I don't even know I look like I should have been back in the olden days at like I can't even explain it I just looked hideous (laughs) and that would just make me feel so much more down and it was like the middle of winter and I was just so depressed. And then I got a phone call and it was the producer and she had the biggest cheerest voice. And she was like, Jesse, we would love it if you would come on Love Island. And just like the way she said it to me just made my heart warm. I was like, yes, like, oh my God, they like me. And it just, it honestly felt so good because I just felt like I honestly wasn't sure if I liked myself as a person. I wasn't confident within myself and just feeling the fact that like these guys wanted me to be on their TV show and that I'd gone and put myself out to the world and I'd succeeded. It felt really great. And honestly, it felt so good. And I was that in that moment, I was so happy to receive that phone call. And I was so happy to be going on Love Island. From there, there was a lot of like questionnaires. There was a lot of screening. So we had to do like psychological tests. We had to do a psychological screening. We had to go to the doctors, um, get like a, a clearance, I guess. Uh, we had to do like blood tests to see if we had any sexually transmitted diseases, STIs, uh, check, you know, that we were clean in case we had sex on the show, make sure we didn't contaminate anybody, which is like something really refreshing because like we went on the show knowing that everyone was like fully clear of any diseases, which was really nice. Um, there was a range of tests that we had to do. So, um, yeah, a lot of blood tests and we obviously did the filming in Fiji. So we had to get a few shots in order to be able to travel to Fiji. It was actually quite like a process. It was quite back and forth, uh, a lot of liaison with the producers, but it was all really exciting. And along the way, we became to know the producers quite well. Like I actually love the producers. They are so nice. They were so accommodating and just like so lovely. Even the doctors we saw, like everyone was just, it was, they were a big team getting us ready to go on a television show. And it was such a great experience now that I think back on it. Uh, From there... I'm trying to think, but, oh, we didn't, this is, yeah, this is the part that was like crazy. So we found out pretty much like towards the end of August, start of September, and we didn't know if we were going to be like starting cast, if we would be like an intruder, 
Uh, we didn't know who the other cast was. Like we literally knew nothing and they did tell us to keep it confidential. If it wasn't kept confidential, they were like, you know, you're not going on the show if you don't keep it confidential. We find out you tell anyone, you can't go on because the purpose of the show is no one knows who the cast is until it's aired. And especially for the cast, like you can't suss out the people before you meet them because the whole dating experience has to be off face value. It can't just like, you can't know them. So it, yeah, it was really weird. Um, had to keep it all to myself. I told my boss that I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Sydney. And I told, I didn't tell any of my friends. I didn't tell my friends anything because I knew if I ran off to Sydney again, they would be like, oh my God, stop going to Sydney. You're up to something. They were kind of suspecting that I was up to something because they could tell that I didn't care about my job. And um, it's actually quite funny. So we, I la- we got told that we were, I got told that I was going um, to head off to Fiji on like the 26th of September and my birthday was the 28th. So I had like a private Instagram and I put on my Instagram like to any of my friends um, that want to catch up, let me know. I'll make time for you. I really miss you guys. Send me a message if you want to catch up. And I pretty much did this just to see which friends made effort for me before I went on the show. So I still remember who made efforts for me and who just completely ignored me. Um, and the people that made efforts for me, I'm still best friends with them and love them to the moon and back. The other guys, you know, come on, we weren't real friends back then. Um, but that's okay. Like, you know, shit happens. <laughs> so I ended up going out for a breakfast with a group of the girls for my early, for an early birthday celebration. So while we were at this breakfast, it was a few days, my birthday fell on grand final day as well. So everyone was like mocking up plans for grand final day slash my birthday. And I said to them like, oh, I think I want to just like watch the grand final with my family because I'm actually really close to my dad and he loves footy. So they were like, yeah, that's cool. Um, come around afterwards if if you feel like it and we'll have drinks. So I literally said to the girls like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you Saturday. Um, I'll let you know how I go. Little do they know I was actually flying out to Fiji <laughs> later that day. Um, at the breakfast though, one of the girls said like, oh my God, you should I audition for Love Island? And I was like, ew, no way would I ever do anything like that. And they were like, oh my God, you would like sit it so much. And I literally <laughs> was just like, no. Now, when I got off the show, the first thing they Snapchatted me was like, you little bullshitter. <laughs> they fully told me I should audition the day that I was flying out. And I was just like, nah, not my type of scene. But yeah, so I flew out to Fiji and I was supposed to catch up with the girls for my birthday, um, but didn't rock up. So I fully had no idea what to expect. I hadn't watched Love Island. I literally watched the first episode of the first season, literally just because I was like, oh, I'm going on this show. I should probably like, you know, watch it. Um, so the first, <laughs> first episode was literally all I'd ever watched. And here I was flying off to Fiji from Tasmania. Yeah, to go on this reality TV show. And I didn't even tell my parents I like said to my sister, but I didn't, I never told her what show I was going on. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm going away. Like, um, tell mom and dad, like, I'm okay. I'm going on a TV show. And can you please like cover for me? Because the girls think I'm going to come around to their grand final day party. 
Um, but obviously when I get to Fiji, they're going to take my phone off me. And my sister was kind of just like looking at me like, you are a crazy bitch. Like what, what the hell are you doing? And I was just like, no, 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 it's cool. Like, you know, I'll be fine. And you, I feel like my friends and my family are just so used to me being really random and doing random stuff all the time that she was just like, okay, I'm going to trust you. But, uh, just so you know, it sounds like you're about to get kidnapped. Um, and yeah, I'll cover for you, but can you not get kidnapped? And I remember thinking, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like she does have a point. Like I'm about to fly to Fiji. My phone's going to get taken off me. And then I'm not going to talk to anyone for like a week or so. At this stage, we didn't even know when it was going to air. I tried to look on Google and um, like suss out on the Love Island page how long after the promos were filmed, how long like till it was aired but I couldn't find anything. So I didn't know if it was going to be aired in like two days, if it was going to be aired in a week. I honestly had no clue how this TV stuff worked. But um, yeah, so I got dropped off at the airport. Um, I had my bags packed. I don't think I packed very well because I literally had no idea what to expect and what to pack. And I don't know about you guys, but like I get really stressed and then my brain stops working and I start making like really weird decisions. So if I need to like pack all these like dresses and stuff I start getting freaked out and overwhelmed and then like I do the opposite like I'll start packing heaps of track pants in case I need to be warm at night like my my brain makes no sense when I'm stressed out so my packing for Love Island was not very productive and not very good but um and not to mention I had 20 I had 30 kilos 30 kilos on the way there 23 on the way back I remember seeing that on my ticket and I was like bitch they need to change that um but yeah I had 30 kilos on the way there and like I could have potentially been there for eight weeks they said so I was like do I pack for like a week or do I pack for the whole time because I don't know how long I'm going to be in Fiji like I don't know how many outfits I'm going to need so I just like crammed my suitcase full of whatever um flew to Fiji I remember on the plane from Hobart to Sydney I saw like heaps of people from Tassie because it was like end of September people were going away on holidays and I was like yeah I'm just going to Sydney to visit my nan um, got to Sydney, then flew over to Fiji. The minute I got off the plane in Fiji, I got my phone taken. We got our phones taken off us. And that was the last time I would have contact with anyone in the outside world. And when I say outside world, I really do mean outside world because on Lava Island and well, in Fiji and from then onwards, it honestly didn't feel like I was in the real world because it was like this big bubble. So I had no access to my phone. I couldn't speak to my friends, family. I couldn't see social media. I couldn't go on TV. It felt like nothing in life mattered because I literally was in Fiji by myself with no one I knew and no TV. So no phone, nothing. And that was the start of my Love Island Australia lockdown period. So for those of you guys that don't know what a lockdown period is, I've got to be honest, it's really self-explanatory. You literally go into lockdown. Uh, it's pretty sad. Like back then, no one knew what lockdown was. But after this whole COVID thing, like lockdown is a word that's just like commonly used because every two seconds we're like, ah, run if we're going into lockdown. But back then, no one knew what lockdown was. Um... So yeah, it's exactly how you imagine it. You are in lockdown. The only thing is you don't have access to the outside world. You don't have access to your telephone. You are locked in a hotel room and you have a chaperone who pretty much looks after you, uh, goes to dinners and breakfasts with you, comes in and checks that you know you're still kicking, you're still fine because like let's be honest, 
being away from your family whilst in another country without your phone and without being able to contact anyone. It's a pretty scary experience, especially when it drags out for, you know, longer than a week. A day in there felt like it went for so long because I feel like you, when you're on your phone, time goes so fast, but without your phone, without distractions, you'll find you actually have so much time. For me, I personally really enjoyed the lockdown period. Like I honestly feel like I touched base with myself then I feel as though I realized that I can be really independent. I was just like chilling in my hotel room. I was doing like a lot of self-care and self-love. Like I remember I was plucking my eyebrows all the time. I was doing a lot of face masks, hair masks, um, did like meditation without even realizing I was doing meditation because there was so much silence. So I was able to sit in silence and kind of like really think and um, that type of thing, which sounds really weird. But if you didn't have your phone for over a week and you had no one to talk to, like you become zen with yourself. We did have a TV and they gave us a USB um, to watch movies, but I actually don't watch movies. So I just like was chilling in silence, really weird. But it kind of like taught me how to be by myself. And we did have a chaperone and my chaperone was amazing. She was an absolute hype queen. She was like this Fijian lady and she was just like so out there and funny. And she really hyped me up and put me in a really good headspace to be going on television. It didn't even feel like I was going to be on television. She just kept saying like, girl, you are going to be fine. You're going to like rock it. You know, she was really just helping me. Like she kept me so calm, hyped me up and she just kept saying like, you be yourself, honey, you be yourself and you're going to do well. And I feel as though if I didn't have her, I probably would have put myself into like a bad headspace because when I'm by myself, like I think negative thoughts, I feel like a lot of us do that. But I had this girl just hyping me up all the time, making me excited and she didn't make me feel like I was going to be going on TV. She just made it feel like I was going into a new experience, which is exactly what it was. So um, I actually really enjoyed the lockdown period. I will admit it was scary and weird, like wondering what my family and friends were doing while I was away from them. And like, I don't know. I feel like when you just say, if you didn't have your phone for a day, you re- I personally, I find like, I really want to get it and check and see who's messaged me and what everyone's doing. But when you take that aspect away from your life, you get to like really focus on yourself and what you enjoy. It's like, no one can see me right now. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to think about? My thoughts aren't clouded by other people's thoughts and opinions. So I found the lockdown period like really zen and peaceful and um, it was really good for myself. Like I actually really loved it. When we were in lockdown, we obviously couldn't have our phones, so we couldn't see if we didn't see any of our advertisements for Love Island. Like, you know, when you saw on Instagram and they like released those little snippets of who was going in and they may have done, a te- I remember we uh, we filmed a television advertisement. I forgot to tell you guys about that earlier in the podcast. Um, but like in my advertisement, I kind of like ripped my top off and walked through this bar. It was so weird filming it. But we never actually saw any of our advertisements or anything like that because we were already in lockdown when everything started to unravel. So when I last checked my phone, no one had known who I was or that I was going on a reality TV show. So when we came out of Love Island, obviously the whole advertisements and the whole season had been aired. And when we finally got back to Australia, the whole season was over. So it was like a really weird experience. Like I went in just being, you know, me having my normal life. And I've had this massive experience in a villa with um, people that I consider my close friends. 
it was honestly like we really forgot we were on TV because um, it just didn't feel like we were. If We were so used to being in there because we were in there for seven weeks. Seven weeks is a long time. Like if you think about a habit, a habit's created after 21 days, you adjust after 21 days. We were in there for seven weeks. So our brains and minds just became like auto-tuned to – you know, going into the beach hut and talking in the beach hut and speaking in third person and making sure we use people's names. And we were just like in routine of being in the villa. It was honestly so weird. But yeah, so we were in, when we were in lockdown, we weren't sure how long the lockdown period was going to go for. And in the lockdown period, we had two cast, two people that were being casted um, at each hotel, but we weren't allowed to cross paths. So our chaperones had to like always be texting each other and making sure that, you know, only one of us went out to dinner because we couldn't see what each other looked like. We couldn't see who each other were. We couldn't know anything about each other. So, um, we absolutely had, I had no idea who the other cast, who the other people that were going to be there in Love Island were. And we also didn't know if we were going to be an intruder or if we were going to be starting cast or what. Like we had no clue until I think the day before um, the big producers came around, the big scary bosses came around and, you know, had a chat to us or had a chat to me and said, um, you're going in tomorrow and you are a starting cast member. And I was like, oh my God, like, wow, this is crazy. Feel like it would have been so intimidating being a bomb, a bombshell or whatever they're called, intruder. Um, so yeah, and then we pretty much just got they we had like our wardrobe crew come in and help us pick our outfit for the first day. They obviously had to coordinate it so that we weren't all dressed the same and whatnot. And we did like our dress fittings, lots of photos were taken. Um, you know, we did like we got we had a chat with like the MQ Beauty Girls, they told us about the makeups and Um, We had a psychologist who spoke to us quite often, which is really good. And I really respect the network for that. They were honestly amazing with support. And I felt so, so supported the whole way. I really loved it. For me, it did not feel like I was on TV at all. And it still doesn't, which is why I haven't really spoken about the whole experience until like now, because I never really even went through my brain that I've actually, I was a a cast member on a TV show because for me it was just me living through an experience and like I didn't even notice the cameras around and it just like I just took every moment as it came and I just enjoyed all of it and um it just ha- so happened to be that when I came out of the villa everyone had known you know what had gone on so yeah I felt really supported and it was honestly a really fun journey for me also I'm just gonna backtrack here one of the reasons I felt so supported and loved as well was because when I was in lockdown, it was my birthday. And like, I literally on my birthday spent it fully alone in a resort in Fiji with my chaperone. Like it honestly, this sounds so ridiculous, but it felt like I didn't have a birthday. And it like, I feel as though we don't really appreciate the significance of birthdays because celebrating your birthday and having that one day really stamps in your brain that you're a year older (laughs) but because I didn't actually celebrate my birthday when I came out of the villa I kept saying when people would ask my age I kept saying 22 because it didn't register in my brain that I just turned 23 because I didn't actually celebrate it I know that sounds really weird but that's just yeah I just wanted to add that in because um yeah for uh, when I came out of the villa I kept forgetting my age like who the hell forgets their age and that's why I kept forgetting my, even in the villa, people were like, how old were you? And I kept going to say 22. 
And I was like, wait a second, it was my birthday last week. I'm 23, but, you know, I didn't get to spend it with my family, so I keep forgetting that I had a birthday. Um, but when I was in Fiji, uh, the producers sent me a full chocolate cake, like a really expensive, delicious chocolate cake. And guess what? I sat and ate it in my hotel room by myself, this full chocolate cake. Um, they did bring it out when we were in the restaurant and like, cause we went out for dinner in a restaurant, my chaperone and I, we went on a cute birthday date and these Fijian men came out and they had like those, look, I'm not very, um, educated, but they had those sticks with the fire on the end and they were like spinning around doing a traditional Fiji dance and they had like these drums and they were singing happy birthday to me and everyone in the resort was like clapping. Um, so I kind of did get to celebrate that aspect of it, but still when I got out of the villa, it didn't register in my brain that I turned 23 but that was really cool when they sang happy birthday then I literally sat in my hotel room and ate a full chocolate cake to myself and I say no regrets now but honestly I actually had so many regrets because I was like oh I've got to go on tv in a bikini and I just ate a full mug cake <laughs> love that for me um yeah I just wanted to add that really pointless story in. <laughs> sorry about that oh my god and I'm just looking at how long I've been recording for and mm, <laughs> This podcast has actually dragged on for quite a bit. Jesus. I can actually talk so much, can't I? <laughs> what a loser. I'm literally like sitting here. Every time I record a podcast and then I look how long, I'm like, really? You just talk to yourself for 40 minutes, Jesse. Like serious. Um, so I think I'm going to wrap it up. This episode and the last episode was the whole casting process. I did exclude the part where we filmed our advertisement and my advertisement was where I was walking in the pub and I ripped my top off. Um, very interesting day, but yeah, I forgot to explain that earlier. Um, yeah, so I'm going to end this episode here. I'm so sorry that the endings are so bad. So thank you guys so much for listening today. I absolutely love that you guys have come back and listened to me. I will be bringing you an episode hopefully next Tuesday. My aim is to get an episode out every single Tuesday. Apologies if I'm late. Uh, you can follow my personal Instagram, Jessie Renee Winter, or my podcast Instagram, which is Just Winging It with Jessie. In the meantime, have a good week and I will chat to you guys next week.